Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. But I'm excited to talk to you guys tonight about a favorite topic of middle and high school counselors across the country. This is my motivational poster title. It's called Mental Health Matters, okay? It's corny, but it's true. And I'm going to talk to you guys a lot from my own story tonight. Um, and also, just how I, I really gained ground on a lot of my mental health issues. And I can be really transparent and say I... I did not do a good job of this until like last year. I don't know if you guys remember in the beginning of 2021, we were like doing a bunch of like New Year's sermons of the quarry or whatever. And my like word for the year and goal for the year was peace. And what I meant by that was peace in my mind. Like I have got to get control in my mind. I don't like being anxious all the time. I don't want situations to be able to like rock me and totally disorient me and frustrate me. And I had basically gotten to the place where I was like, I'm so just like irritated at other people being able to irritate me. Because at the end of the day, this is my fault. If you ruin my day, that's because I let you. And I got so tired of letting other people control my emotions because I was giving them the power to do that. I was the one who was letting these situations rock me. And I can stand here today and say I'm not perfect, but I have gotten to a place where I can just be so unmoved by everything. And it's awesome. So I'm going to tell you how I got there tonight. It doesn't matter if something really upsetting and tragic happens or somebody really disappoints me and is mean to me or, you know, stuff's just getting on my nerves at work or there's a situation going on that is really, like, irritating me. I can hold on to my peace through that no matter what. And I've gotten so good at it, not on my own, but with the help of the Holy Ghost. And it's possible. Like, I never had imagined that in such a short amount of time I could be the way that I am because I was so bothered (laughs) by so many things for such a long time. It was so easy for someone to ruin my day. It was so easy for someone to make me mad. It was so easy for somebody to do something that gave me anxiety. And the Holy Ghost just really helped me. See, I was letting those people do that. They weren't doing that to me. I was allowing them to do that for me. And when I looked at the word of God and I saw that I can have peace that passes all understanding, which means peace that doesn't make sense, I was like, okay, there's a way out of this and I'm going to figure out how because this is just irritating. So a couple months back, someone gave me a really nice compliment and they said, you are just so unbothered. And I said, yes, but I've worked really hard to be unbothered. (laughs) I wasn't born this way. None of us are. Some people are more chill. You guys know I'm 100% not chill. So I admire the people that are like naturally somewhat chill because I'm not at all. But no matter what your personality is, you too can live unbothered. And it is so much better than like living destroyed by other people and their decisions all the time. I cannot recommend it enough. So I do know that one thing that started to help me was we did have kind of a positive shift in culture, right? We have all been alive during this and we have all experienced kind of just the normalization of mental health problems or talking about your mental health. And I'm someone who has had anxiety my whole life. I can remember it even as a tiny, like four and five year old child. I just didn't know what it was called until I was probably 23. And I didn't know that other people were experiencing it too. So that conversation culturally did help me because it at least made me feel like, okay, well, there's a name for this stuff. I'm not alone in this stuff. You know, this is a real thing. It's not just like I'm a weirdo or anything like that. But I will tell you, 
there was only, only very minimal help in being able to identify my problems. That, okay, that was good. And that is all where we need to start. I get it. But the value of identifying your problem is so insignificant compared to the value of identifying your answer. And so I lived in between those two places for a long time. Like I said, probably when I was like 23, 24, 25. So that's going to be five, six, seven years ago. Mental health began to be really discussed in our culture and in our society and this and that and the other. So I was able to recognize some of my issues and put a name to them and identify specific behaviors maybe that I didn't have language to describe before, whatever. But then for like three, four, five years, I lived just with identifying my problems. And that is almost even more frustrating. Like ignorance was bliss a little bit, you know? I, it was like, dang, like I have more problems than I realize. Like when I see this Instagram post, it's like, do you have this behavior and this behavior and this behavior and this behavior? And I'm like, yes, but I never even thought of that before. Now I realize that yes, I do do that. And yes, I do have that behavior or that thought pattern or whatever. But it left me in a frustrating place because it was only identifying my problems. So what I did last year, finally thank the Lord, I was late to the party, but I learned to identify the answers to my problems and identify the solution. And there is just infinitely more value in identifying the solution. So don't let yourself get caught up in a diagnosis or in your problems or what the doctor says you have or what your counselor says you have. That's fine. They're trying to help you from the level that they can, okay? But there's a place to move beyond that of just identifying my problems, but really identifying the solutions. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about tonight because my life didn't get better when I focused on my mental health problems, but it got better when I focused on my mental health solutions. So that's what I want to talk to you guys about tonight. I have four keys to mental health. This isn't exhaustive, um, but these are the four things that I did last year that got me to where I am today and helped me make just so much progress, honestly, in a really short amount of time. I was shocked at how easy it was to overcome some things once I just took it to God and really put in the effort to overcome it. <laughs> it was easier than the devil had told me it would be, you know? And please as well, hear my heart in this. Know that I'm really understanding of whatever you're going through tonight, okay? I know that it can be really difficult. I've told you guys before, there's just been times where I felt like I couldn't even pray and I felt like I, you know, it was just enough to get through every day and make it home and go to bed. So if that's where you're at, I've been there and I know what you're dealing with. But I had to make the decision to focus on the solution and then do what it took to really bring that into my life. So that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Four things I did. And the first thing was that I did place an emphasis on my mental health. Number one, place an emphasis on your mental health. And in Proverbs 4.23, it says this, carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life, which is amazing. It's amazing and it's powerful and it's also very, very telling of the way God designed us. It says, carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. Isn't that crazy? How many of us would have said our thoughts are the source of our life? Not me. I would have said like God or I don't even know, <laughs> oxygen. You can get scientific with it. The Bible says your thoughts are the true source of your life. 
So this reveals my mental health is really important. If literally the source of my life is my thoughts, then it is worth putting emphasis on that and realizing that my mental health is important. And this was hard for me because I have the type of personality to sweep things under the rug and say, I'm fine. It's fine. Like, Morgan, you're being stupid. Stop it. You're overreacting. You're fine. Like, you're just tired. You're fine. And that method is completely ineffective. <laughs> that does not deal with my thoughts whatsoever. And out of my thoughts are coming my life. So it was something that I had to admit, okay, mental health is important. I can't just make some faith confessions and sweep things under the rug and be like, I'm fine. I have the mind of Christ. That's, that wasn't enough for me. And I'm not discounting the word. I'm not discounting scripture. We're going to get there. But I, I wasn't really saying those things with faith. I was saying those things from a place of just really struggling and just trying to just like, okay, yep, it's fine. I'm fine. We're fine. We're all fine. And I wasn't fine. And this verse reveals to us that the health of your life cannot exceed the health of your mind. My life was unhealthy because my mind was unhealthy. And my relationships were unhealthy because my mind was unhealthy. And some of these things I had blamed on other people, and it wasn't other people. It was me and my mind. I was causing problems in these situations because of my mind. The success of your life cannot exceed the success of your mind. So take your mental health seriously, because if you're not mentally healthy, your life won't be healthy. And that was, like I said, a kind of a hard conclusion for me to arrive at. I was somebody, too, who through most of life, things were really easy for me. Like normal, natural measures of success came easy to me. Things that don't matter now. I know that because I'm 30. But, you know, at the time when you're surrounded by your teachers and stuff, it's like, okay, I'm a straight A student. I have no problem with this. I do great in my public speaking classes. I, you know, this and that and the other. And I have a great job. And I all this blah, 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 blah. That wasn't enough, though, because my mind wasn't healthy, so my life wasn't healthy. My mind wasn't successful, so my life wasn't successful. No matter how much other people said, like, oh, you're so great. You just have it all together. Together. I did it and that gave me more anxiety because I knew I didn't have it all together and I was like everyone thinks I have it all together and I don't <laughs> I'm a fraud but so <laughs> you know it's funny now but like it was it was a whole crisis at the time okay so I had to just admit my mental health matters and according to the word it does because from your thoughts are coming the source of your life so I want to say to you stop ignoring the red flags if you have a personality like me, stop ignoring all those little things. So, for instance, some of my red flags are irritability. That's where it starts. If I'm getting super irritable about irrational things, I'm not healthy in my mind, and I need to, I need to take a break, and I need to deal with things. And that seems silly, and I could blame it on my personality or whatever, but it is a sign that my mental health is declining because when I'm really walking in peace and joy, I, I don't struggle with that irritability. But when I'm dropping the ball in those areas, I get really irritable about irrational things. That's a red flag for me. Another red flag for me is insecurity. If all of a sudden I start, um, you know, maybe I see people hung out and I wasn't invited. If my thoughts start to just go there, that's a red flag for me. Because when I'm healthy, when I'm, my relationship with God is right, when I'm walking in peace and joy, that doesn't bother me. And I can rationalize that and be like, those people love me, and I declined their last five invites because I'm too busy. So this is not an issue with them not liking me or anything else. I can call them to hang out anytime. But that kind of insecurity, 
that's a red flag for me. If that starts to pop up in my life, I know that my mental health isn't where it needs to be and I need to get with God and figure it out. So those are some of my red flags. I don't know what yours are, but don't ignore them. Pay attention to them because if you can deal with things when those little red flags start popping up, it'll keep you from going to a place that's like a little harder to, to bring things back in. You want to know what that looks like for me? I told you I was going to be very practical. That can, uh, it will usually manifest if I don't deal with those little red flags, I'll usually have some sort of situation where I just completely act out of frustration and overreact to something that's not a big deal and I fail to be a good leader. Whether that's at church or at work or just in my family. I'm not saying I'm like a leader at work in my family and stuff like that, but in relationships that matter to me, I will, uh, eventually I'll just explode on someone somewhere. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but it will happen. And at that point, not only have I embarrassed myself, but I've hurt other people. And that's a big deal, especially if you're gonna call yourself a leader, you don't have the margin to be doing that. That's inappropriate behavior. These are the conversations I've had to have with myself, people. I don't know if this is, you look like it's making you uncomfortable, but I'm just trying to be honest. That's where I end up if I don't deal with things when just the little red flags are popping up at first. So don't ignore them. They're telling you you're about to go off the bridge and go over the edge. So pay attention to them. Speaking from wisdom and experience. <laughs> Please pay attention to them. You'll be a lot less embarrassed. People will like you more, okay? You know, and I had to have the, the conversation with myself probably 24, 25, 26, something in that like age range, like, like, do, do people like me? And it wasn't like from an arrogant place. I was saying that, but like, do people enjoy being around me? And I got some feedback from honest people in my life that could say like, we love you, but sometimes you're super difficult. And sometimes you overreact. And sometimes you just are, you're really just moody. That's a tough pill to swallow. No one wants to hear that, but I'm grateful for the people who told me that because they were right. And the issue really wasn't any of those things. The issue was really my mental health was really poor at the time. I was extremely anxious, very depressed, and super insecure. And that manifested in ways that were very obvious to other people. Um, the positive side of that, the silver lining in that situation for me is that now... I have a lot of grace with people because I know if you explode on me, that probably has nothing to do with me. <laughs> or if you're upset irrationally about something, I have enough wisdom and experience to know you're not really upset about that. There's a lot going on behind the scenes probably. But these are the ways that these issues manifested in my life. And this was the tough life lesson and the hard way I had to learn to place an emphasis on your mental health and don't ignore the red flags because out of your thoughts are coming your life. So you got to deal with that. Is this too honest? Are you uncomfortable? Okay. <laughs> this is, for some reason, when I was writing this, I was picturing like those TikToks that are just like, put a finger down if you this, put a finger down if you that. And all my fingers were down because I've had all these issues. So it's no problem. It is fine now. I can say it's fine because now it's fine, but it used to not be fine. So <laughs> the first thing is place an emphasis on your mental health because it does matter. The second thing, this was huge, okay? I take my thoughts captive and I speak to my mind. I'll say it again. I take my thoughts captive and I speak to my mind. Not speak my mind. That's what I had to stop doing. It's important to make a distinction between the two. No one likes me when I speak my mind. I don't even like me when I speak my mind. So I don't anymore for the most part. I'm doing my best anyway. But I take thoughts captive and I speak to my mind. I'm going to explain this, okay? 2 Corinthians 10.5 says this. 
We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Here's the part of emphasis. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I do not let my mind get out of control anymore. And I'll be honest with you, during the times when my mind was out of control, I would have gotten a little irritated if someone said that to me, well, I just don't let my mind get out of control. Because at the time, that didn't feel like an option. It felt like something I couldn't stop. Well, I, I can't help it. Like, obviously, I would like for my mind to not be out of control, but I can't help it. That's what I told myself. It wasn't the truth. I'm going to give you guys the keys. So stick with me here. If you feel like, okay, yeah, but I can't, that's what we're going to talk about. But take every thought captive. I take my thoughts captive. I take authority over them. If you can take someone captive, that means you're stronger than them. You're in a position of power over them, and you have the authority to control that situation. That's the illustration God is giving you for your thoughts. You can take them captive. So I don't let my mind get out of control anymore. I don't. I used to feel my mind start to spiral, and I, I could feel it coming on, but I also felt powerless to stop it. And that was so untrue. I was only powerless because I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything. I just let it go. But the truth is my mind can only do that if I let it. And my thoughts can only get out of control if I let them. And here's how I did that. Because it's you can know that knowledge. You can hear me saying that. But you're going to have to do something. And I'm going to tell you what I did. In Mark 11:34, God tells us this. I guarantee this truth, this is what will be done for someone who doesn't doubt, but believes what he says will happen. He can say to this mountain, be uprooted and be thrown into the sea, and it will be done for him. Yeah. So God is saying that what you say will happen. If you're not in doubt and if you're trusting God and believing God, what you say will happen. So here's what this looks like really practically for me, extremely practically, okay? I took the scriptures that I was standing on regarding peace and I wrote them on note cards. And I started every day with taking those and saying them out loud and reading them out loud. And then when I was in a situation where my mind would start to spiral and I could feel it coming on and I could feel my heart racing, I would stop what I was doing. It didn't matter if I was at work or where I was at. If I had to get up from my desk and go to the bathroom, I did that. And I would go in the bathroom and I would say those scriptures out loud and I would say, I take authority and take control over what's happening in my mind right now. And I speak to my mind and tell it to be peaceful. Holy Spirit, I receive your peace. Peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. That's something he brings. It's something he works in us. Peace. And I would literally, I would use my words to stop it. And there was a time where I felt like I couldn't do that and it wouldn't work. But I was not opening my mouth and saying anything when I was claiming that. <laughs> When I was making those claims, I wasn't actually doing it, so that's why it wasn't working. Uh, but I took it really seriously. I read those scriptures all day, every day. I quoted them all day long, and I literally, like I said, if I had to go to the bathroom and close the door or do whatever I had to do, I would stop and say, no, um, we're not doing this. I speak peace to my mind right now. God, I ask you for peace. Holy Spirit, I thank you. You live in me, and you bring peace. And I speak peace over my mind right now. Yeah. 
That's how I took my thoughts captive. I didn't just try and change my thoughts and redirect my thinking and think about something else. I literally stopped and spoke to myself. Why? God told us, you can take your thoughts captive. You're in control of your mind. And I had to learn that I am not my mind. I have a mind, but I'm not my mind. I have one. Just like if I have a dog, I'm not a dog. <laughs> right? I have a car, but I'm not a car. I have, a, you know, a couch, but I'm not a couch. I have a mind, but I'm not a mind. You have to view your mind as something that belongs to you and something you own and something you can control. You are not your mind. We are spirits. God made you a spirit being and you have a mind. But your mind can be so loud sometimes that that just feels like that's who you are. And right, that's when we feel like we can't stop it. So you've got to wake yourself up and say, no, God made me a spirit. I'm a spirit being. That's the part of me that when I die is going to heaven or hell or whatever and living forever. My body's going to stay here and rot in a casket, but I have a mind and it's mine and I can control it. And that's what I had to do. And I did it all day, every day. And some days were great. Some days were horrible, but over time... I could take control of those things in an instant, in an instant. And today I can get control of myself in an instant. And I don't have to even leave my desk anymore. I can just sit there and I can internally pray. I can kind of mumble something out loud to myself and I can gain control of those things just like that. It's so easy. But it's because I started treating my mind like it was something I could take captive because it is and I can. So that's what I did. That's what it looked like really practically for me. I took my thoughts captive and I spoke to my mind. You can call it manifestation. You can call it whatever you want. God came up with it originally. That's why it works. You know, I take my thoughts captive and I speak to my mind. And on that similar note, I won't take a lot of time to say it, but that's how I learned to forgive everyone of everything. I took my thoughts captive and I spoke forgiveness over people. If I woke up and felt mad at that person again when I said I forgave them yesterday, I spoke that out of my mouth again. Nope, I'm letting it go. I forgive them. I love them. I believe God's best plan in their life. I'm supporting them. I'm here to cheer them on. I'm going to pray for them. That's how you forgive too when it feels like you can't. But that's a different message. The third thing I did, and this is huge, I stayed close to people who held me accountable. And I think this is a word in season for us because Amzie preached about being held accountable by people, which was awesome. And then uh, PJ preached about being held accountable, finding community, having accountability in your life. So this is something God is speaking to our whole church right now. But it was absolutely a major key um, for me finding this freedom in my mind. And God tells us this, Matthew 15, verses 12 to 13 says this, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, do you realize you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? And Jesus was unbothered. And he said, every plant not planted by my heavenly father will be uprooted. So ignore them. They're blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind person guides another, they will both fall into a ditch. What I had to do was realize that I, I basically need to consider myself a blind man and realize that I am often oblivious to some of my faults and some of my bad attitudes and some of my wrong thinking. I need people to hold me accountable because I'm a blind man and I'll fall into a ditch. I need somebody who can see and who can stop and say, hey, I think you're thinking wrong about that. Like, I see what you're saying, but 
I think you overreacted. Or I think you misinterpreted that person's intentions and what they said, you know, or I think that you were out of line doing this. I need people to hold me accountable. And you need a friend who is not also blind to hold you accountable. So I'm talking about people in your life who are ahead of you, who have gained control over the things you struggle with. If you are really struggling with addiction and anxiety and depression or whatever, don't go to your friends who are struggling with those same things to get answers. There's nothing wrong with them. I'm not saying that, but they can't help you. They're blind. You're blind. You will fall into a ditch. <laughs> this is what I had to learn. Um, I had to just, like I said, realize that I'm often blind to like my own shortcomings. So I need people in my life. I need pastors. I need leaders. And I need good friends who can point out my wrong thinking. And that helped a lot because there were times when I thought I was doing like great. And someone was like, yeah, but you, you know, you didn't really handle that situation very well. And I was like, okay, well, now that you say it, I see that that is true. I needed that in my life. I'm grateful for those people who let me know when my thinking is limiting me too. Like we said at the beginning, your life cannot exceed your thoughts. The health of your life cannot exceed your thoughts. So your thoughts can limit you in absolutely everything. You've got to have people in your life who can let you know and who can see when you're limiting yourself by your thoughts, by the way you're thinking, the way you're responding, and the way you're thinking about things and and talking and stuff. You've got to have those kinds of people. Um, My friends help keep me in the will of God by helping me keep my thinking straight. Literally, get people in your life who help keep you in the will of God. If you're thinking wrong, you won't be. If you're wondering about your calling, that's fine, but know that you'll never walk in it unless you're thinking right and you gain ground on these mental health issues. You cannot be mentally unhealthy and be spiritually healthy and have fruit and minister to other people. And that's not a downput at all. But I know this like from my own life. When I was mentally unhealthy, I was not helping other people very much. I was trying, but there wasn't a lot of fruit. And once I gained ground over some of those issues, the feedback I got from other people was just astounding. Like, wow, you helped me so much, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't mean I'm great or anything like that, but it means I was able to walk in what God had for me and really step into that and move in that because my thinking wasn't limiting me anymore. It wasn't holding me back. It wasn't keeping me out of that. So that point is pretty straightforward, but stay close to people who help keep you accountable. And this next one is extremely practical, okay? And it was one of the things I put off till the end, but it made a huge difference. It's also not popular, just FYI, okay? Okay? Okay. (laughs) Hot take, unpopular opinion. I don't do things that are bad for my mental health. Let me explain, because so far it sounds good, I know. 1 Corinthians 10.23 says this. You say... I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial for you. This was so true in my own life. But let me tell you the things that are bad for my mental health, okay? You guys have heard me talk about how I don't watch TV very much. It's not because I'm spiritual. It's not because I'm trying to be ultra productive with my time, even though I am trying that. The bottom line is that for me in my life, I'm not talking about you in your life, but I'm talking about for me in my life, I had to come to the conclusion and admit that after six hours of Netflix, I feel disgusting and very depressed. It's not good for my mental health. It's just not. Does my brain kind of think it's fun? Yes. Do I kind of like it sometimes? Yes. But is it bad for my mental health? Also, yes. 
Listen to me. Same thing with social media and TikTok. I didn't delete the social media apps off my phone because I'm that close to God. You know? It wasn't a spiritual decision. It really wasn't. It was an extremely practical. This is bad for my mental health. When I'm on Instagram for two hours, I feel terrible afterwards. I'm depressed. I'm sluggish. I have anxiety. I am dissatisfied with my life and not content with what I have. That's the bottom line. It's not, these weren't spiritual things for me. These were very, very practical. This was a matter of my mental health. And this was a matter, you guys know I just deleted my apps, like, I don't know, within the last six months. But it was just like, these have a really negative effect on me. So even though I like them, I'm not going to allow myself to have that. It's not worth it. I want to be mentally healthy so that my life can be fully healthy so that I can help other people. And if it comes down to deleting some apps off my phone and barely watching TV, then that's what I'm going to do. And this is where people fall short because they just can't stand just to feel left out. Like, oh, everybody's talking about this show at school and I, you know, I haven't watched it. I just got to see it. Or, you know, like, oh, everybody's talking about like this on social media and I'm with my friends and they're always on social media you know, and I just feel weird. That's fine for me because I value my mental health way more than that. Do you see? This is so practical. It seems really dumb. Those are the things that we just think, oh, it's fine. Like, you know, and I did that. I set like timers on there so I could be only on there for a certain amount of time. But even limited time was still too much time for me. It just is not good for my mental health. And I'm not telling you you have to delete all social media. And I'm not telling you to never watch TV. But I am asking you, what are the things you're doing that you know are bad for your mental health? What are you doing that's bad for your mental health? I was doing these stupid things that were bad for my mental health. And I didn't want to give them up because I thought I had it under control. And I thought they were fun. And I thought it was just a way to relax. And it's fine. And I'm a youth pastor. So, like, I got to know what you guys are, like, talking about and looking at and stuff, you know. No, it's not good for my mental health. So I don't do it anymore. I don't do it anymore. Even a little. It's not good for me. So what are you doing that's not good for you? It could be friendships and relationships. There are relationships that are bad for your mental health. If someone gives you anxiety, you can be nice to them, but you can also just show them the exit door of your life. It's fine. It's fine. It's just not worth it. I even had a job that I loved but didn't give me peace and gave me anxiety and trouble breathing and a racing heart all the time. So I left that job even though I loved it and even though I got to do cool things and I was great at what I was doing. It was too stressful. It was not good for my mental health, so I left. Because my mental health matters to me. I have to be healthy in my mind to be healthy in my life to do everything God has called me to do. But too many times we're holding on just to these stupid little things that are bad for our mental health just because everyone does them. Who cares? If it's not good for you, don't do it. Don't do it. You know the next thing I'm working on right now? It's terrible. But I... (laughs) I don't even want to talk about this. It's embarrassing. It's not embarrassing, but it's just like, it's such an eye roll and I still, I need to gain ground, okay? But eventually I'm coming to the conclusion that like sugar is not good for my mental health. And I'm not kidding. Like I haven't been eating sweets yesterday or sweets for that much lately. And yesterday I had like just crumble cookies and nothing but cakes literally on one day. It was a lot. But... (laughs) 
I felt so terrible last night. Plus, I had a headache from stupid sugar. <laughs> stupid sugar. It's stupid. Is it cool to say, no, I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm going to go home and eat vegetables? No, it's not fun. I wanted to go to Taco Bell so bad after work today. I haven't had fast food this whole year. <laughs> and I'm, having, I'm having a hard time, guys. <laughs> it's the worst. I'm not kidding. I wanted nacho cheese like so bad today. <laughs> Probably because I ate all those crumble cookies and stuff yesterday. And then it's just a slippery slope. So that that's a silly thing, but it's not good for my mental health. I don't feel good when I eat garbage. So I have to stop eating garbage. It's not fun. If you guys can eat it and feel good, do it now. Because when I was young, it was not that much of a problem. Okay, I'm still young, but it's just a little different now. It makes me feel different than it used to. Sometimes... I used to eat Taco Bell every day, and I was totally living it up, and it was fine, but it's not fine anymore. So I don't do things. I'm working on it, but I don't do things that are bad for my mental health, and you can identify what those things are in your life. So I do want to end on a positive note, though. I, feel, I hope this whole thing has felt positive, but this last note, note is very positive, especially if you're in a tough place right now, because this was encouraging to me a couple years ago just to realize this. Mental health is possible. It is possible. There's so much information out about it, but there's not a lot of answers. So like I said earlier, I would kind of get really discouraged of being like, oh, yeah, like I definitely have all of those symptoms on this list, and I definitely have all of those symptoms on this list, and I have all of these symptoms on this list as well. Like, wow, my things that I'm identifying that are wrong with me, it's just growing all the time, you know? And it was discouraging. Like, at first it was nice. Like I said, I could name some things and, like, put some language to some things, but but then it just got really depressing because then I was like, wow, I think I have like four diagnoses or something. This seems like a lot, um, you know, but I needed to know that mental health was possible, yeah. full mental health. And like I told you, it was easier than I thought once I started doing these things. Like when I just started doing them every day, things changed rapidly for me. Your brain is very responsive. Your mind has to obey you. Your mind is literally made to change. Like there's a lot of scientific evidence for that, that you're not stuck the way you are. You can change. But God even tells us this in 2 Timothy 1.7. I love this. I was looking at this last night. I was like, this is so cool. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing and fawning fear. I don't know what cringing and craven fear is. I was thinking that last night. I didn't look into it, but I was like, wow, craven fear. I'm going to use that sometime. I do have a craven fear of deep waters, probably, if that's what craven means. That's one of my major fears. But anyway, he hasn't given us that. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love, and listen to this, of a calm and well-balanced mind. This is cool because when this was written, the science hadn't advanced to the place where they knew your mind could be chemically imbalanced, right? We all talk about that. Oh, it's just an imbalance. It's an imbalance in this, and your hormones are imbalanced, and your brain chemistry is imbalanced. Like, we're so imbalanced. God had our backs before we even knew enough to say that, of saying God has given us a spirit of a calm and well-balanced mind. What is God saying? You can be mentally healthy. Your mental health issues can go away and they don't have to rule your life. They don't have to run your life. They're not a sentence for, for your life. It's not the end of things. You can have a calm and well-balanced mind. And listen, if you need to go to someone for help, do that. 
And if you need to go to a doctor for help, do that, or a therapist, or a counselor, or whatever you and your parents decide is best for you, I think that's awesome, and I would encourage you to take steps towards your mental health, but don't leave God out of the equation. Don't leave God out of the equation. I've taken medicine before, but I don't take medicine today because I got enough of what God had for me that I was able to move away from that, and I don't need those things anymore because of what God did in me. And I do and can have a calm and well-balanced mind. So no matter where you're at or what diagnosis you have or what issues you have, mental health is possible, and God has made a way for you to be mentally healthy. So I want to encourage you tonight to do what it takes to be strong and healthy mentally because it's just so worth it like I told you I've, I've gotten to a place where I can be like pretty unbothered and unruffled even if crazy things are going on and I've had people get irritated at me for that just being like well why aren't you upset about this don't you care like where's your loyalty you, you just act like this isn't a big deal and I'm like well I'm just acting like I'm not gonna let it ruin my day or my life that's what I'm acting like like doesn't mean I don't love the people doesn't mean I'm not concerned doesn't mean I can't admit yeah something's wrong in that situation but I'm just not going to let it ruin my day, ruin my life, ruin my mood, because I don't have to. And I am so much happier since making that decision. So don't even let other people guilt you into picking up things mentally. It's totally not worth it, man. You can live unbothered. It is so nice. And it improved for me just faster than I ever thought it would. So I hope that you're encouraged tonight. For some reason, I felt a little wild and out of control. So I'm sorry that I admitted my whole fast food situation to you. But it's just big in my life right now. Literally, like, three hours ago, it's just like, oh, I want to go to Taco Bell so bad before this service tonight. But I didn't, so it's fine. I'll pray, and then we're going to go upstairs and hang out, okay? Father, we are really grateful that you've made a way for us to be mentally healthy, for us to have a calm and well-balanced mind, Father, that it can be a reality in each of our lives. So we thank you um, for giving us the tools and resources, Father, to live the way you've intended us to live, that we're going to just focus on you, Father, search you out, seek you out to help us with our mental health. And we ask you to just highlight things in our life, Father, that maybe are hindering us and holding us back in our thinking and holding us back in our mind. And we do commit, Father, to live the way you want us to and the way you've made us to, to take our mental health seriously. But we thank you we're not alone in it. We have the help of the Holy Ghost and things can get better for us every day. And Father, we're grateful for all your help tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media. 